stare at that telephone for like hours. I'm like, oh my God, I'm terrified. Why? I'm going to just call and ask for an order. I don't know what the hell I'm going to do here. You didn't have a script or nothing, huh? You just no. had the cold call. You just like get a bit, get, go home and ask for business. And I was like, are you serious? Is that what we're really going to do? So actually, you know what I did? I, I disliked it so much. I was like, I'm going to go take, my dad didn't have a website for the business. He's like, I'm like, listen, this is bullshit. I'm going to bring the people to me. Welcome to the Flipping Tables podcast, where we challenge limiting beliefs and flip the tables on perspectives that may be holding us back. I'm your host, Tani Majikwa, and today I have a really, 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 really special episode. But as always, before we get started, if you do like anything I have to say, hit this little button I'm holding right here. And if you really, really like it, right below, I want you to comment in one more favor. Subscribe. That way you get alerts every single time we have a new episode that comes up. That being said, before I introduce my guest today, you know this segment, Mental Health Check. Brandon, how is your mental health this week? No, we're good. <laughs> <laughs> that was it? Just the thumbs up, that's all I got. <laughs> no, we're good, we're good. We're coming off a, a, a pretty stressful week, to say the least. Fair enough. Um, but you got through it. We got through it. I like we got it. through it, I like we got it. through it. How about you, Tanny? Honestly, if I was any better, I'd be worried. <laughs> yeah, it's been a really awesome week. Learn a lot. So today's guest, I am totally going to butcher his last name, but I'm going to try it anyway. (laughs) This gentleman is literally the definition of what can happen or how your life can change when you simply just change your mindset. I went in, as always, completely blind because I've heard so much about him. I was trying to close my ears as much as possible to not get any information so I could ask the questions that you folks would ask. So without further ado, I'm not even going to introduce him. I'm going to flip it. So, Stephen, when you go to a public place, right. right, and you're networking, how do you go about introducing yourself? How do I go about introducing myself? Yeah. All right, great question. So, hello, everybody. My name is Stephen Lagomarsino, and I'm president of a company, uh, amazing company, TRC Electronics, and we supply businesses in the electronics industry with the power to succeed. I like that. That was really good. Uh, you get a studio applause, Brandon. Okay. That's awesome. Yeah. Reason why I ask that is I've always struggled in the past with networking and it might actually be a mindset belief, right? But I've kind of flipped that a little and put myself out there a lot more. Right. So the hardest thing of, um, I guess the thing I've had trouble with is what one of my mentors calls the XYZ statement. Okay. I'm this person, I do this and I help people do it by doing this, right? Right, right. XYZ statement. And I feel like every time I go out sometimes, like it changes a little bit. Okay. Like it tweaks. So I don't know if it's supposed to stay there or is it kind of just fluid? Like for you, is it always that same greet or does it change periodically? Uh, it might change in the setting I'm in. Okay. It could change a little bit. But, you know, for me, uh, I'm really, that's the mission of our the business that I, that I lead. And if someone's curious about learning more, they're going to, oh, that's interesting. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? But if they, you know, this is, eh, they're not really interested, then yeah. they're just going to move on. Okay. As opposed to just giving them this long, drawn out story, you know, so we get right to the point and uh, I'm really t- talking about something that I'm making an impact and uh, we take it from there. But if, um, you know, depending on my audience, obviously I'm not going to, if I'm meeting my uh, children's friends, I'm going to have a little bit different <laughs> introduction. So modify it just a little bit there. Yeah, a little bit. Oh, that's awesome. So what is TRC? Walk me through. What is right. TRC in general? Okay. See, so, okay. I, I love that you asked that. Uh, so TRC Electronics is electronic wholesale distributor. Okay. And we sell electronic components to manufacturers in the United States of America. Oh. So we're dealing with tens of thousands of different U.S. manufacturers that are uh, designing and innovating and manufacturing electronic products such as LED lighting, uh, medical device, uh, medical devices, 
medical devices that might be saving people's lives, uh, or arcade games uh, manufacturers. Oh, you have a range. You went from LED to yeah. medicals. That's crazy. So anybody that manufactures anything electronic in the U.S. is a potential client of ours. And these amazing businesses are impacting uh, billions of people throughout the planet. How long has TRC been around? Uh, so uh, my dad started this business in 1982. That's awesome. So it was, it was uh, a family business. Uh, my dad and my grandfather started the business. That's awesome. And did you always want to get into it? Was there a little friction getting in or? Uh, no, it was kind of my destiny. So, uh, you know, I grew up in a traditional Italian type, type, uh, type family. And I can remember being 11 years old, sitting at the dinner table and then telling me, Stephen, you're going to be the president of TRC Electronics one day. Mm, I like so, that. you know, what was, what was really impactful is we were a table of entrepreneurs. My grandfather was an entrepreneur. My dad was an entrepreneur. And we talked a lot of business and talked about how to drive impact. And they kind of planted the seed about me taking the business over one day. It's interesting. Uh, so that was, in one, one sense, that there was a lot of positives, but in the other sense, they really didn't give me the ability to kind of think for myself and like, was that the path I wanted to uh, really take and figure that out? So at what point do you feel like you actually, um, I don't want to say had it figure out, right? Because we're all kind of in that journey right yeah. now, right? But at what point were you like, you know what? I actually do want to do this. I uh, was right before college. So okay. senior high school, junior, senior high school, I needed to determine my path for college. Uh, our clients are electrical engineers at these manufacturers. And I was always very strong in math. And my dad said, uh, you know, if you want to work with the business, you, what you would need to do is go get an engineering degree. Mm. So go to engineering school. And that's where I made the decision, okay, you know what, this is the path I want to go down. And I went to school uh, to receive an electrical engineering degree so I could come into the business better qualified to serve the people that we serve in our business. Mm, okay. So TRC, when did you actually start? So you graduate from college, right? Yeah, we graduated college December 1997, started working full-time in the business okay. January 1998. And what role were you thrown into when you first initially started? I'm always fascinated with that because I always read books about how um, you know, someone that may take over or end up running the company. Yeah. Um, I'm always fascinated with their origin story of like what position they took when you first went in that company. All right. So, well, I worked part time in that business mm. uh, through school uh, okay. at different points. I would bounce from that job to other jobs. But my first job was cleaning the bathrooms. My dad said, hey, look, if, <laughs> if you want to run a business, you're going to need to know how to do everything in a business, it, whether it was starting with just cleaning the restrooms, if it was working in a warehouse, taking the garbage out. Like I started with the very basics. Mm. Uh, and then out of college, it was uh, be, uh, my first full-time job out of college was a sales engineer. Okay. So I got right into sales. So I went to school with all these electrical engineers who were really brilliant people. And I saw that there's a uh, ceiling on what their earning potential was and the impact they can make. You know, if you're an engineer, there's a range of salary. But I looked at sales as there's always this infinite uh, goal that you can chase. There's no, there's, if you're in a right sales program, there is no cap to success. So I told these guys, I'm like, you guys design it and I'm going to sell it. Ah, I like <laughs> so that. So for me, it was just having a, an expansive mindset that I didn't want to be limited and so getting into sales was the first step in the that is so fascinating because most of the um quote unquote like successful entrepreneurs that i've been in it's always sales they always say the most important thing to learn is sales i think one because okay so when i was younger uh one of the first jobs i had was telemarketing 
it was brutal. Right. I, I, I did not enjoy it very much. I didn't li- like rejection. So I got a new job in sales, selling makeup door to door. Even worse. <laughs> that being said, after, as I'm looking back, I feel like that gave me a lot of confidence in right. a way. Like um, taking rejection didn't hurt as much. Why didn't you like it? I didn't like rejection. <laughs> like, you know, it was a lot of just. We never like it at first, but we could get used to it, right? 100%. It was almost, I don't want to say I was getting numb to it, but I guess in a sense I was, right? Like, yeah, it wasn't the end of the world. It yeah. It seemed that way. It's uncomfortable at first. Yeah. But like anything that's uncomfortable, you get used to it and all of a sudden it becomes less uncomfortable. Exactly. How did you get comfortable with sales or were you just a natural when you first? Uh, I, was, I was not natural at all. Yeah. It was terrifying for me. And my dad, uh, my dad was a good mentor with certain aspects and not a great mentor with some things. Like for instance, sales, he said, here's a list of customers, call them, walked out of the room. And I would stare at that telephone for like hours. I'm oh. like, oh my God, I'm terrified. Why? I'm going to just call and ask for an order. I don't know what the hell I'm going to do here. You didn't have a script or nothing, huh? You just nothing. had to cold call. You just like get a bit, get, go home and ask for business. And I was like, are you serious? Is that what we're really going to do? So actually, you know what I did? I, yeah. I disliked it so much. I was like, I'm going to go take, my dad didn't have a website for the business. He's like, I'm like, listen, this is bullshit. I'm gonna bring the people to me because your this revenue is crap. Stuff, if you're an entrepreneur and your revenue is stuck, you don't need to fix your products or services. You need new audiences to discover you more consistently. Podcast guesting is an ideal way to be discovered 24 hours a day by your ideal clients. And guess what? The more people that know you, the more people can flow you. Head over to podcastmasterypack.com and take advantage of your first or next podcast. Bring the people Let's to me go. because this is crap. <laughs> so I wore, I took an online class. And what year to, was this? Just th- this was 1998. This is my first year. Oh, wow. Year. Okay. I took an online class. And my dad, we're going to build a website. He's like, oh, we don't need a website. He's like, dad, trust me, we need a website. Took an online class, learned how to do uh, web design. And I started doing uh, our website. Then I got into Google pay-per-click and all these pay-per-clicks when it was one penny a click what right away. was difficult back then. Yeah, it was also very simple back then too. Yeah. Uh, but we got into that and then all of a sudden we became like more national and all these leads are coming in and I didn't have to make those calls anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so that's really, you know, I kind of outsmarted it, I guess, a yeah. little bit. Uh, but eventually you got to make those calls. 100%. That's awesome. So you just change it to inbound. You're like, I can't do this all day. Like, I'm not going to keep It wasn't efficient because we were only a few people in the business at the time. Yeah. Hundred percent. How do you feel about the quote? I've heard it uh, from my friend the other day, and I've actually been giving it thought. It was like, if you want to find the most efficient way to do something, you have to find the laziest person to do it. And I thought about it. I'm like, yeah, but like every time, it's like, I mean, for the most part, it kind of works. How do you feel about that quote? Yeah, I have a big problem with lazy. <laughs> Tell me about it. Yeah, I just, <laughs> I just have no respect for lazy anything though. So, I don't think my, I respect that 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 opinion and there's probably there's something to it but it's just about working smart you know i and everyone's always you have to be careful today because everyone's trying to look for the easy way out Mm -hmm. and you got to as a leader especially you got to be so careful with your messaging because they could be really taken the wrong way you first got to learn how to work hard and have great work that work ethic but that can only take you so so far that you've got to complement that with really learning how to work smart. Mm. And you just, it's just slippery slope with people today because everyone's looking for the easy, oh, the four hour work week, <laughs> you know, like, like these things, um, you're going to be a millionaire. <laughs> it doesn't work that way, yeah. you know? So you Seven just got, abs. yeah, like if that person has great work ethic and then they, but they can find a lazy way, sure. But it's, you got to be careful because they're going to look for shortcuts. Yeah. 
100%. If they're lazy, they're going to just, they're not going to do it the right way. They're going to look in for the easiest way. So you got to be careful. I'm glad you said that. And I've asked this question maybe a few times in the podcast. I'm going to ask you because I want to get your feedback on it. All right. What's more important between these three? Right? Okay. Work ethic, mm. skill set, or network? Who? I say you work ethic because you could develop both the others with work ethic. Mm, I like it. Because you, you, you're not going to get a network if you don't work it. Yeah. You got to work to get a network. And uh, you can, I train, I hire people for a- attitude and I'll train them for results. Mm, you can, you, you can, you get the right attitude, which has the right work ethic. You can train someone how to do almost anything. I like that. Now, as far as like leadership, right? Because um, you revert back to leadership a couple of times and mm. I'm curious, were you always like a natural leader? Was it something you cultivated over time as you were, um, I guess, in these different roles throughout the company? Like, how did you become a really good leader? Uh, you know, leadership always, what I always felt like I was never going to be the follower. I was always going to be the leader. Uh, so there was a part of me that always instinctively led, not this, but you're never, no, we're not born leaders. Mm. Uh, I think some people have the ability to learn leadership better than other people, but leadership is a skill that's truly developed and you've got to really work, uh, to develop that. And it takes a lot of sacrifice and you, you need to be in leadership for the right reason. Mm. If you're self-serving, you're not going to be a great leader. You're a leader exists to serve the people they lead. Yeah. So you have to be self first and take care of yourself so you can take care of others you lead, but you can't be selfish when mm, you lead. I gotcha. Now, do you think there's a certain personality type that does well? I, I don't know all the personality types. I do know the colors though. And I'm sure you're going to tell me any second now who it is, but um, they essentially kind of divided everyone in like four different colors. They're red, green, blue, and yellow. Red are like the alpha kind of type. Yellow, caring, green being more analytical. Okay. Like the- yeah. Or you could talk like the R3. You could be like driver, influencer, mm. uh, analyzer, stabilizer. It's similar type of thing. The okay. Four quadrants. Yeah. 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 So yeah, they, they, they all would work. It's just about self-awareness mm. and how you communicate. So you could be any of those. Uh, and you're, you're going to have strengths and liabilities no matter which, where you are. So I'm a driver. So I go, 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 go. And, uh, so my, that, that's positive in the fact that I'm going to drive things. I'm going to get things done, but it could work against me because maybe I'm not going to be, uh, if I'm not uh, aware of this, I might not be a great active listener and I might not take the time to say, Hey, Tani, I heard you, what I hear you saying is that there's four different groups and your question was about those four groups. I might just want to go to the next thing. I like that. Okay. So you, it, that doesn't limit you. It's just about being self-aware. Or maybe just building a team around your weaknesses too, in a way it kind of balances you out. Yeah, yeah, mm, absolutely. Super interesting because my taste of uh, leadership was, I was in the restaurant industry for quite some time actually. Mm-hmm. And I went from being a bartender to a bar manager. Okay. I thought it's really cool. You know, I've got responsibilities. This is awesome was the hardest transition I've ever made in any management role because one, everyone saw me as a quote unquote buddy, okay. right? So it was like, I would let them get away with things or they would see it from that perspective. Mm. My perspective was, you guys should be helping me out because we're friends, right? <laughs> no, they took advantage of it every single time. And I remember um, the general manager at the time was actually the one that first got me into reading books. Um, there was one book by, I think it was Jocko Willink uh, that he wrote and there was another one, I forget the name, it escapes me, but 
it was um it just gave you a different perspective on how to lead from the front mm-hmm. and that it's not that you have to be perfect around people but you can't ask people to do the things that you wouldn't do it was right. like the biggest message i was getting from there um so what actually helped me to become a better leader in that space was really leading from the front right like if i want so if something happens for example there's this terrible thing where someone just pooped like all over the bathroom all right i had you know some people that could clean it right i had the dishwashers there and i had i'm thinking lead from the front lead from the front lead from the front <laughs> it was bad i actually went into the bathroom with gloves started wiping it down they saw me and they all came in and started wiping with me and i'm right. like that's what they meant yeah it actually mean um have you had any experiences like that where maybe something you've read where you actually see a real life example of it like just right in front of you like wow this actually does work something that i read um yeah like um i can think of so many things but one would come to mind our leadership uh john maxwell so john maxwell is uh really uh has had a lot of influence on me so one of his books is the uh, 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership. Mm-hmm. I think that's how the, the exact title. It might be a little bit off. But one of the, the laws he has is the law of the lid. And the law of the lid is basically when you're, you as the leader are the lid of the people you lead. So I can watch and I know that whatever uh, team is uh, reporting to a particular leader, no one is going to develop beyond them. How You don't have the ability to – if you're an eight – in a particular category, how can you develop someone to be better than you, right? So, yeah, I've seen that happen. And that's, and that for me, that's been inspiring because that just, I know I'm going to limit my people or they'll leave me because, hey, you, you're, you're my lid now. I'm, you're not growing. So for me, that's been inspiring to just keep growing and developing because I keep wanting to raise that lid and raise that ceiling for the people that, that, are, that are following me and are, I'm influencing. How self-aware do you have to be, though? Because now as you're seeing it, I'm just thinking to myself, am I really reflecting as much as I should sometimes? I yeah. mean, how often or what do you do to be more self-aware? Are you doing yoga? Are you doing <laughs> meditation? Like, what are you doing to be able to? No, uh, therapy. Yeah, a lot of therapy, 100%. right? So that's been really impactful in my life, and it's something that more people should consider. Like to, to you want to have that self discovery of yourself mm-hmm. and explore like who you are. That, that's that's for some people that works, but also just getting in a room with people that have accomplished bigger things than you and being around more impactful people, you realize really quickly, you know, how like little you are, or how little you've accomplished, or how much further you can go than you already have when you're around people that are achieving so much more. So it's so important who you surround yourself with and how do you reach up? And when you're, and you're, you're going, they're going to let you in if you're reaching up and you're actually learning and you're implementing what they're doing and you're aligned with them. Uh, and that's what I do. I'm a great student. I'm very coachable, trainable. Uh, I've always, I've always had that, uh, ability and, you know, look, everybody's got imperfections There's always room for improvement. hundred percent. That is interesting. You said that. I remember, I think it was, yeah, it was definitely Jim Rohn. He was talking about, um, mm-hmm. how he met his uh, mentor, I believe it's Earl Schultz, mm-hmm. Earl Schultz, can't even pronounce it correctly. Um, but he was essentially saying, if you have a mentor, what makes them really energized about wanting to help you is if they give you information, you just execute on it immediately. Mm-hmm. Uh, that excitement alone is like, oh, okay, I really want to do it. And I hear a lot of people actually struggle with finding or keeping, quote unquote, like a mentor. But I really tell them it's that simple. It's just execute on whatever they give you. You're going to be just fine. 
Um, and to the point before that you had, why do you think therapy is so taboo? Because I said it maybe two years ago. I was like, I'm going to do therapy. Everyone looked at me crazy. Like, are you okay? Like, no, we can talk about like, just if you need me, just call. I'm like, oh boy, this is really bad. Why do you think therapy is so taboo? Uh, I think most people view it as a weakness. You need therapy, then you must be weak. Mm. But it's, uh, but if you, if you can acknowledge that, hey, I could use a little bit of extra help to identify some things because, you know, some trauma is resurfacing in my life and it's making my life more difficult than it seems it needs to be and that you seek help. I think the most important thing you could do in life, and not just this, in this aspect, is ask for help. Yeah. How many people refuse to ask for help? Uh, and if you can give it a shot and, tr- and at least say, okay, yeah, that worked or that didn't work, um, I just think that it, people are, look at it as, as a weakness. Mm, and I think it's stronger to admit that you've got an opportunity versus just... Uh, you know, be embarrassed or not wanting to admit a vulnerability you might have in your life. Gosh, you're really mature. I like that. That's awesome. Yeah, that's a very mature response. Um, it's probably the best response I've gotten, actually. Um, no one really breaks it down as far as that. It's like, eh, I don't know. Just, you know yeah, I mean, for me, it's worth it. So <laughs> that was more impactful to me than going to college. Really? Yeah, I mean, like I what I learned in college in four years versus doing that. Tani Majiqua, your podcasting ally. Have you ever felt that podcasting is a logistical nightmare? It's not all the glamour and deep conversations. You're nodding, aren't you? Coordinating with guests, handling the technical stuff, editing for hours on end. And when you've done all that, there's that daunting task of getting your podcast across multiple platforms. Overwhelming, isn't it? But hold on. What if there's a way to make podcasting painless? Introducing Podcasters On Demand. It's like having a dedicated remote podcast producer at your fingertips, ready to handle all your needs. Wherever you are, wherever your guest is, we've got you covered. We'll take care of all your audio and video editing. You get to focus on what you do best, creating engaging content. And when you're ready, we'll send over your podcast to over 20 audio platforms, and we'll even help you out with YouTube. But wait, there's more. We optimize your YouTube podcast episode title and description for maximum viewership we even do thumbnails your audience will find you effortlessly so are you ready to turn podcasting into a breeze it's time to get your producer on demand and start your painless journey remember we're here to make podcasting simple competition Mm. and what we can do in our mind and uh and create obstacles that don't need to be there create stress out of situations. You guys were talking about mental checks and stress. Most of it's self-inflicted, you know, like where, and it's maybe not really what's going on. Is it really stressful? Like, uh, or is it just trying, is this just reminding me of something that happened earlier and I'm re-experiencing a past event, Mm. right? That's now making it stressful because when I can isolate that, I realize, oh, this is really not stressful. This is nothing, you know? Ah, perspective I mean, is I mean, people are used to blowing up things bigger than what they they're used they actually are and i think that's just like a defense mechanism you know what i mean to like kind of keep them in the comfort zone you know yeah. what i mean it's like i don't i don't know why people do that i think it's a mentality thing you know what i mean yeah most of the stress that people are dealing with really isn't and they, they when they're trying to solve the stress they're they're looking for the wrong they're looking at they're, they're identifying the wrong solution they think that, 
oh, it's the job. It's that person's fault. Mm. No, what is the experience of the job and that person that is causing you to have this emotional reaction when it's really not that emotional? Like, why are you responding emotionally? And they don't get to the bottom of it, of the real cause of it. And all they do is run from one thing to the next in their life and they never really get anywhere and confront what's really happening. And they're never going to fulfill their potential because they are running scared in their lives. Mm. So I guess, Tanny, you're big on that. Um, oh, on well, everything. Oh, yeah, on, on, uh, on identifying the, you know, the actual issue of what people go mm -hmm. through. You know what I mean? It's like many, many conversations we didn't have. And you're just like, what are you mad at? And I'm just like, dude, this, this is that. And you're just like, but is it really? <laughs> and I'm just like, I just told you. But, you know, but, but when you have those conversations, you have somebody to keep it real with you and yeah. give you a reality check. You, you realize that you're blowing it up out of proportion more than it should be. I'm glad you brought it. That's awesome. Like I said, I worked in the restaurant industry for some time, and I was one of those that was like, oh, he never tips me. Oh, my gosh. Why? I don't want an A-top. But what I realized, um, and I remember, I, I want to give the credit to Gary Vaynerchuk, actually, okay. if I'm not mistaken. But you said you have to have mentality that everything is your fault. Doesn't happen to me, happens because of me. Exactly. That's and Grant Cardone. He gave what? Was it Grant? Grant that's what Grant Cardone, uh, similar thought process, yeah. but I'm quote, quoting Grant Cardone. That could actually be Uncle Grant. And shout out to you, Uncle Grant, because his audiobook, The Millionaire Booklet, was the mm. first audiobook I ever listened to. Nice. It was like, what, like two hours? But it was just like gems, gems, gems. And mm. I was like, this is awesome. Um, but even, he's like, anything can happen. Like a plane hits. It crashes into your parents' house. Everything blows up. It's your fault. You should have known to take them out earlier that day. You know what I mean? Like he went really extreme, but it was like at the end of the day, when you have that mentality of everything's your fault, you don't let any circumstance or anyone, you don't put them in control of how you feel or your emotions or your circumstance. And once I started to do that in the service industry, I used to double my amount of money I was making. Right. Someone's having a bad, oh, sorry. You know, just, you just move on. You don't hold on to anything. You're just go, go, go. And I think that applies in sales. And now I'm actually thinking about it. I think it applies in everywhere in life. Yeah, I think that you you got to focus. Uh, what can, what? So my approach to that is, what can I have controlled, and what couldn't I have controlled? Okay, I couldn't control that. I'm gonna just forget about it. But I'm gonna focus on what I can control, so that in the future this changes, right? And getting back to sales, you know, we started this conversation about sales. Um, you know, everyone's a salesperson in life, whether they want whether they want to admit it or not. You're selling all day long, whether you're trying to sell an idea like, hey, I want to go see this movie, not the other movie, and I'm trying to sell the movie, or I'm trying to sell my children on going to bed at 8.30, not 9 o'clock, <laughs> and get the iPads off. You know, we're all, and they're trying to sell me on why they should watch the iPads for another half hour. School didn't start yet, and you know, mom said that it was okay, and then I got to go check with her. The, we're all salespeople. 100%. And so that's a skill we all have to have. So, you know, getting into sales, you know, I needed to learn that anyway. What do you feel like there's, um, I think it's getting better, but there's still some type of negative connotation, excuse me, behind mm -hmm. sales in general. Like you're being too salesy. Right. Um, what do you this, think that is? Like, I think what you're saying is like, it's almost, if you're being salesy, it's disingenuous. Exactly. Yeah. It's almost like, like you're trying to trick the person into buying person. it. Yeah. Yeah. What, number one thing I learned in sales is that you actually have to care about people and you, they have a problem. They have, you have a solution for them. That's yeah. sales. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So the minute you start take, getting away from, I'm trying to help you and to, I'm trying to make a dollar. Yes. It's done. It's done. 
You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, you're 100% right. Uh, I'm totally agree with what you're saying here because we notice and we we preach in our business, the best salespeople really care about helping the yes. client. Like they're really concerned with that. They're generally curious about what the problem is and what they can do to help them. 100%. And the salespeople that struggle are the people who really are in it for themselves and they just want to make a paycheck. Yeah. So, you know, my my approach with salespeople is I'm just reading whether they really are they really they getting information are they curious about what my my problem is yeah. and, and selling me the solution or are they just just trying to sell me. Yeah. That's interesting. Um do you ever listen to any Alex Ramosi? I do not. Okay. He um he has an interesting approach to it and it's kind of the same way that we're speaking about you just have to care you have to his approach is that you have to literally replace the word sales with helping. Okay. It was like, yes. it just simplifies everything and it gets you out of your own way because right. it's like, all right, I'm helping this person find a solution. That's why they came here. I'm helping them with this. I'm helping. You're not selling them to say help. Right. It's like, once you get that mentality, like that brain will start to switch a little bit. Yeah. And I was like, that's an interesting take on it. And I it actually that. makes a hundred percent sense. You know what I mean? Um, because when I first started sales, I used to drop the price to make the other person feel better in some kind of twisted way. I'm like, you know, uh, I'll give you a discount, but in my, I'm actually looking back. I'm like, why did I feel that way? Right. Yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm assuming there's probably some type of conditioning and I can't pinpoint exactly where it came from. Right. But, um, yeah. Sales was just always looked upon or reviewed it upon as just like disingenuous, I guess. Right. In a sense. Yeah. yeah. So I find that super interesting. Um, sales for you was always just. Uh, it was something I developed, I learned, and I became uh, very good at it and successful at it and was able to duplicate it with other team members in the organization and uh, I, I, because I committed to it. 100%. All right. So I'm going to flip the tables. Huh, see what I did there? Because yeah, the podcast called Flip the Table. He gets it. Uh, I'm going to get some practical information for my people out there. So, for example, if someone wants to get into a corporate job, for example, from industry I came in from, right, mm -hmm. restaurant industry, they're sitting in front of you, application there. What are you looking for when hiring someone? Okay. All right. So when I'm interviewing somebody and they've come through the process, there's three things that we're looking for. We want to identify if they're going to be operationally aligned with the organization, financially aligned, and uh, culturally aligned. Mm. So I'm looking for these three, uh, these three elements, and that's what we're identifying during the process. And also, they've got to come with some energy and curiosity. Because if anyone low energy, no one is ever going to be successful with low energy. So I know if they have uh, very low energy, they're going nowhere in life until they get to figure that out. So they're already off, they're out of, no longer consider them. Interesting. Um, so yeah, I want to be able to, because I, I, I want to get the people with the right attitude that are going to have culturally assimilate into our organization, they're aligned with us. And also, depending on the level of the job, if it's entry level, the operational and the financial is a little bit less important. But if they're coming in at a higher level, well, then we got to make sure that they align with the operational skills they need and, was, and, the, uh, fight, and they understand the financial impact of their role. Do you feel like it's easier to elevate someone from within or bring someone from within? From, you think oh, so? Yeah, yeah. Why is that? You answered really quick. So. Yeah, it is. It just, it just is. Because... Um, you know, you especially like you think about leadership positions, you're bringing people into leadership. Mo most people in, quote, leadership positions are just really glorified managers. Mm. And they're not they're not developing people. They're not they're not coaching people. They're not leading people. They're just simply managing people. And leadership is not really in corporate America. Leadership 
uh, overall is not really addressed properly and there's a lack of leadership? I have struggled with that. I, not in the same field, obviously. Uh, once again, back in the reg- restaurant industry, anyone that I hired to be any type of shift leader or um, whether it's like a division manager, whether it was like a bar manager or a kitchen manager, I was the worst at it. Mm-hmm. It is so hard to predict who's going to be a good leader when they're coming in from the outside. Because most yeah. of the time they already have like, um, I don't say a picture in their head, but they start to bring in some maybe bad habits that they've had from other places. Right. And you're trying to break it mm-hmm. and not take away from kind of like their authority that they have with everyone else. So it's almost like this whole, I'm like, oh gosh, I don't envy anyone that has to do that. So yeah. that's amazing that you do that. And I kind of see why you answered so fast. Now that I'm actually thinking about it. Because, yeah, that is a whole mission in itself. So let me ask you a question. Mm -hmm. In any of your previous jobs, have any of the managers uh, or supervisors that you reported to ever ask you, uh, hey, what are your personal professional financial goals that you want to accomplish? Have they ever asked you that? No. I'm actually thinking of like all three like that. I get asked that on a day, almost on like a weekly basis at Apple. Your financial goals? Yeah. 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 They're very progressive though. They're always asking, hey, what are you trying to do? What do you, what do you, where do you see yourself in this company like five years from now, like or 10 years next month? Where are you, what are you trying to do with us? So think about this. If, if my job, my, if my most important responsibility as a leader to you is to help you win. Mm. And I don't know what winning looks like for you. How could I ever lead you? They needed to talk to you back in the day because this would have been awesome information for them. (laughs) This would have been awesome. But think about it. Like it's transactional. It's fake. Just come into your job and boom, boom, boom. See Apple. All right. That's awesome. So they're like you're so whoever is leading you is genuinely interested because like what if. I didn't know that you wanted to become the CFO one day, mm. right? Yeah. Or I assumed you did and I'm pushing you in a direction that you have no interest in. 100%. Right? So, or maybe like you're financially motivated, you're looking for opportunities to make more uh, income, earn more income. Yeah. And when I find those opportunities, I can present them to you. But let's say you're not looking for those opportunities. I know, okay, there's someone, I'm not, he's not interested in that. So like he's more interested in some other things, whatever those other goals are. Yeah. I'll bring him somewhere else. Ah, man, that is awesome. I've never been asked that before. I'm actually looking back. I'm like, he's got to work for Apple or me. Right. (laughs) (laughs) You got any positions? (laughs) That is fascinating. I I almost feel like they didn't ask that question because I might ask for a raise or I feel like it might be a way for, and it sounds terrible for an employer not to let their employee know their value. So sometimes uh, I remember just sitting in on some of like the uh, meetings and they're just like, yeah, but uh, we can only pay up to this, this. I'm just like, huh. Well, maybe, maybe it's more not necessarily like, I'm gonna give you a raise right now, but maybe I can put you in position to, uh, uh, you know, a path that'll streamline you into making you that type of money that you want, whether it's uh, right directly up under me or do I need to pass you on to somebody else that can get that done for you? Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's kind of what they do at Apple. That's awesome though. Yeah, like say like, oh, I want to make another $20,000 in the next three years. Okay, let's just use an example. Okay, Okay. I'm going to, all right, let's let's work on, we're going to work on a plan. Yeah. Let's show you the path. Like, and hey, I'm committed to the goal. If you're committed to the goal, I'm going to show, I'll help you identify what you need to do. And we actually have what's called an employee maturity model. So we have the roadmap already laid out for all our employees. Nice. So you, I'll, we'll identify the things you need to do. And hey, but you got to commit to it. Yeah. You know, are you, are you all in on your goals? That is incredible. Are you all in? Oh, yeah. 
see, are you all in like Michael Jordan be all in? Or are you all in like well, that's that that's intense? But yeah, yes, so how because yes. all in looks different for everybody. Hundred percent, hundred percent, very different. Ah, that is incredible though, and I love your um, I don't want to say progressive approach because that's honestly the way it should be. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, kind of you know putting everyone else's um, needs or their goals. Uh, I feel like that's literally leadership all encompassed there. Um, okay. Before we get close to the ending here, I do, I've heard that you're about to start a podcast. Is, is that true? Yeah, that's right. I'm very excited about this. Well, tell me about this. Yeah. So we're going to be launching the Steve Lags unfiltered, uh, podcast here, uh, that'll be launching in the next, uh, few weeks. Absolutely. And, uh, I just strongly believe that we need to hear more from people that have driven, you know, in tremendous impact in this world and hear their stories and, uh, and tell people what they need to hear, not what they want to hear, because I really believe it's, we find it very easy to find people that tell us what we want to hear. Mm. And uh, not enough of us go find the people that tell us what we need to hear. And, you know, that really comes down, you know, for me, that's been in the form of mentors. But I want to get that message out there because it's really not being driven properly, like in the mainstream media or into society. Ah, that is awesome. Have you always been comfortable having uncomfortable conversations? No, that's something you work on and develop. Like, no, 100% no. I was, when I first got into business, yeah. I'd have a panic attack about a person with a one one <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, but that goes to show you, like, mm -hmm. you don't, it's, you, if you have a growth mindset, you're, it's not fixed. Anything can be developed and changed. I like that. You know, I struggled with, one thing I could never do is fire people. It was so okay. bad. I would literally, like, have nightmares the night before, like, I mean, do they really that bad though? Uh, they only set the kitchen on fire six times, <laughs> seven times a charm, you know. But um, no, I totally get that. And I love. Yeah, that's you know. never comfortable, you know. Yeah. But you know, in the end, you're doing it what's best for the team, not for one person. And as, if you really truly believe that you've thought out the decision, you know, look, it's not. A, this is not a conversation I like having with you, with yeah. anybody. But I've got to make this decision because it's best for the team and really. Hey, you know, I don't think that this is going to be the best opportunity for you anyway. I think you'll be a better fit somewhere else. Gosh, I love that all your answers are like just the honest approach and just keeping it straightforward. Yeah, but with just them. be transparent with people. Yeah. All right, I'll stop lying to people. You got me, bro. Stop <laughs> lying. I guess. All right, Steve. Where can people find you? Uh, I'm on. You can find me on Instagram. Uh, Steve A. Lags is my handle. Uh, that would be the. I also have a uh, YouTube channel. You can find Stephen Lagermercino on YouTube. And you also, I'm on Facebook. All my, uh, you can find me on all the social media platforms. Absolutely. Now, before we wrap up, I do have one question, but I always give Brandon the opportunity to ask a question. He's been getting giggly over here doing his homework. So, Brandon, are you ready? Yeah. Uh, Brandon, what is your question? Okay. So, my question is always coming like a three part question. Okay. Okay. <laughs> well, all right. <laughs> Just time out a second. Just ask me one part at a time. I got you. I got you. Okay. So, um, earlier in the episode, you were talking about, you know, you're a great student and you recently just mentioned that you have tons of mentors. Yes. So, you know, as being a student and, a, uh, you know, a mentee, um, you know, has any of your mentors ever given you the hard truth? Um, how did you receive that feedback and what action did you take to fix or overcome it? Hmm. Right. Uh, yeah, I actually ask for the hard truth. Like I, I, I'll ask for it. So like, um, Grant Cardone, Brandon Dawson, both these guys have been really impactful mentors for me. Mm -hmm. Uh, spent a lot of time with these guys and especially Brandon. Uh, he's amazing, amazing dude, man. And I like Brandon. Just tell me what I got to do, man. Just yeah. tell tell me my blind spots. 
Like what are, if, when, as soon as you see them, just let me know. And when, when, when he shares them with me, I'm happy to hear them Yeah, because we all have them. Yeah. And the hardest thing is to, is for someone else to see that for you when you don't see your blind spot. Mm -hmm. And you know, I welcome it and then, okay, what do I, I have some ideas I can do to work on it. What do you think? Is there anything you want to recommend? And I'll go to work. Mm. So you, there was no pushback. They're just like, this is what I did. Yeah. All right. Let's get to it. Yeah. No, I don't resist it. So I'm, I'm, uh, I know not to resist that. Not at all. Yeah. And the reason why I asked is I know, you know, uh, when, it, when I used to talk to my mentors, you know, and when I first got into sales, they would tell me things about myself and I always gave that. I didn't do that. It, it, that was that wasn't me. You know what I mean. And then it, Not it, took, a, it took it took a couple of times where they're just sitting there with a with their camera phone. They're like, "No, this is you." And I'm like, "Yo, that's me." So it took it took a little bit, you know, an extra push. And I'm glad I had those mentors behind right. me to actually not just walk away or give up on me, but just say, "No, you're wrong." Yeah, you, you know, know. So even if I don't see it right away, and it seems unbelievable. Believe it or not, therapy taught me this. Mm. Just give it some consideration. Like, okay, let me let me think on it. Let yeah. me let me just give some. Be open minded, mm -hmm. and like reflect back, and and somebody that you respect and invited into your world to give you this feedback just gave it to you. So give it some consideration. Right. Just be open minded, and you'd be surprised once you get over. Because sometimes, like, oh, that hurt. That 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 just hit my pride. <laughs> yeah, that's what <laughs> like, it was. It was right. like you, like you want to be an entrepreneur, but you didn't do this. You didn't do yeah, this. Yeah. You didn't do that. You're like, so just like, <laughs> all right, let me let me let me sleep on this. Let me give it some consideration. Got it. Got it. Well, that, those were my questions. Questions. <laughs> oh, that's crazy. <laughs> well, since you like to cheat, I've got two questions then for you. Then my first one is, where do you see yourself in five years? Uh, I see myself in five years helping thousands of other business owners uh, accomplish what I've been able to accomplish. So I've got to put the pressure on me to keep elevating myself and my business success so that I can help you know, other business owners. And it's not just helping them grow their business, but it's also helping them improve their lives, you know, personally, professionally, financially, and, and really importantly, helping them change the trajectory of the people's lives that work in their business and make a really great impact. Because the way you can impact people, one of the best ways to impact people is do it through businesses because businesses uh, connect to so many different people. 100%. I like that. You know you're going to have a good show, right? <laughs> I, I'm just, I, I want to be the first to have it on camera to say it's going to be an awesome show. Nice. And I want to be, look at the footage. I said it first. I appreciate it. <laughs> All right, so the last question I'm gonna ask you is, what word of encouragement would you like to give to that one person that just feels a little lost right now? Um, both just, actually, you know, just professionally. Um, right. Just doesn't know what to do with their lives or doesn't feel confident enough that they're not good enough to be able to do it. What word of encouragement would you like to leave that person? Yeah, so your confidence is not, is not set in life. That's something that you can grow and develop. That happens for all of us. It's a natural thing. And we all hit these moments. And I would just encourage you to find, like, seek your purpose. Like, what, what's your true purpose? Because if you, if you align, if you align your actions in life with your purpose and what you want to accomplish in life, you know, you're going to find a path as long and be committed to it. I like that. Ah, ladies and gentlemen, I told you this was going to be an awesome episode, right? I, I did. I did. Well, Thank you for tuning in. Make sure you do subscribe and please follow his podcast. It's going to be legendary. Once again, this has been an episode of the Flipping Tables podcast.